Ryder Nation and William Powell bringing the energy, bringing the fight, bringing the fire every game day, every practice. Let's go, Ryder Nation. Piffles Podcast, Episode 179, your premier Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan podcast. Thanks for being here with us this weekend. My name is Alex. I'm Steve. I'm a man. I'm 40. Happy birthday, Greg. Thank you. Happy Happy Mike Gundy to you. <laughs> and happy Mike Gundy to you. Well, that, that's not for a few more years for me, but uh, and enjoy this all year long. I expect you every single day. Hey, Greg, why'd you do that? I'm a man. I'm 40. I'm 40. Oh, I was so happy that I can finally post that GIF and not be unironic. Like, it's not ironic anymore. It's actual. It's an actual fact. That is now your life. That is all you'll do for the rest of the year. Just post that GIF and log off. Every day. I feel yeah. like it should be like, uh, ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. Just me posting that GIF every day. <laughs> you kind of have to now. Yeah. Well, I, I said it, so it has to be, it has to be true. Give us a follow on Twitter at PifflesPod. You can give me a follow at RealAlexD. And you'll find me at Safamod. And once again, I do not need your pity follows. I do not care. I don't, I don't want them. Don't need them. Like, just leave me alone. Not even birthday pity follows? I don't want birthday pity follows either. And that, don't, don't follow me at Greg on Sports. Yeah, yeah don't, don't, don't do it. And check us out on Facebook. Piffles Podcast on Facebook. Piffles Podcast is brought to you by Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. Make sure you check them out. Since we just had that blizzard here in Saskatchewan, what better time to go get a blizzard? Solid, solid segue. You're getting better at this. Thank you. I thought of that all by myself. I'm so proud of you. I appreciate it. This is the opening kickoff. Let's get right to it. Wow, not only does uh, Greg laugh, and Steve's choking. Wow. Must I was not prepared for the laugh that time. We uh, well, Must be because we took the last week off, and uh, I'm just assuming that was it. Yeah, you guys didn't, you guys didn't laugh uh, hard enough anyway. Yeah. So let's get to it, guys. The Riders winning against Edmonton again. We won't talk about that first game against them because that game sucked. The second game, that was actually a, a better game. It wasn't that bad of a game. Riders winning 29 to 24, clinching second place in the West, which was all they needed to do in this game. Home playoff game against Calgary. The semifinal will be here at Mosaic Stadium on November 28th. And we can harp about the offense. We can harp about the defense not playing as good as they have been i don't care they clinched second place that's all they needed to do they had to be what beat what was in front of them and they did i was really excited for the the playoff ticket credit that we won't get now kind of disappointed i i gotta admit it was very weird to watch the calgary stampeders fans go like like what is this it, it's free money why, why am i getting this it's pretty funny but... <laughs> Finally, though, so, hey, the, the Stampeders finally took a slide. It's not the slide we wanted, but hey, just it, baby steps. But uh, unfortunately, I won't even. Once again, I'm actually stuck in Calgary, so I won't even be able to uh, go to the playoff game. So if you need tickets, look, look me up. But 
but just but just don't follow you on Twitter. Yeah, don't don't follow me. Yeah, like don't 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 pity follow me. Like DM me, but do not follow me. This just whatever. But um, yeah, second place. The way the the Bombers are playing this year, second place is as best we could be, unfortunately. Uh, but I'm also one step closer for my ten and four uh, predictions. So, although yeah, I with, will... with the amount of people they're sitting out, I'm a little worried. I will eat the crow on that. I said what seven and seven mm-hmm. going into it. So I mean, they probably should have been with some of the games that they won. But hey, bottom line is they won those games to uh, to get their record to nine and four. And uh, the offense in this game against Edmonton that was the best offensive game they've had in what seems like probably six weeks, seven weeks, almost two months, guys. So I know it was against Edmonton who was starting their three games in six days stretch, but it was nice to see the ball constantly being moved. Fajardo actually throwing for touchdowns, which it was his first three touchdown game as a starter. And that blew my mind that it hadn't happened before. I guess, you know, in 2019, he was running them all in. He was the goal line guy as opposed to William Powell, but it was his first three touchdown game. And uh, it was, it was nice to see that offense finally getting it together, going into what was Cody Fajardo's last game of the season. I, can, can we just talk about Duke Williams? I was about to go there. Thank you. Like he is, he is that missing weapon. He was everywhere in that first half of football. No, no. Let me say, was he really the, a weapon or did Edmonton just decide, you know what? Forget him. Let's just not cover him because that's what it looked like. They just refused to cover Duke Williams. His touchdown, there was no one around him. Busted coverage. The deep ball, busted coverage. Like there was just, he was constantly open, which is a a testament to him and his his route running and and being in the right spots. But Cody better have made those throws because he was wide open. It, It was like the Elks thought he was Kenny Shaw out there. It made no sense. Like you, you can't just leave a guy that wide open unless his name is Kenny Frank and Shaw. But I I don't like, yeah, it made no sense. He had all like no one around him and he made them pay. I think at one point he, he had more yardage than like every other receiver combined. It was just ridiculous. Well, he had 115 of the 140 passing yards at one point. So yeah, he was, he was a beast and it's uh, great to see. Now is he that missing links to the offense? Yeah, maybe he is because since he's been around, they've moved the ball a little bit more consistently. I I just it was I can't even stress how excited I was to see him back on the on the field after he had his little uh, what I thought instantly was a serious knee injury. Like that looked that looked bad on the on the big screen, but to see him come back back out a mere few plays later was. Uh, Let's just say I'm glad we didn't have to hold our breath too long. Well, yeah, the the way it looked like when his cleats dug in, it was like, oh, that's usually a pop knee right there. It wouldn't, and then also he's, he's running along the sidelines. I'm like, what? And out he came again. It was awesome. Yeah, big sigh of relief for the Riders, especially that offense. And uh, the defense, they were okay in that game. They weren't, you know, lighting it up like they were the last few weeks before, but that's all right. They did, did enough, and they made plays when they had to. and that's good enough for a game that uh, they just had to win. So, timeout. Can I call a timeout? F them. I want to say the word so bad on this, but I don't want to have to edit it yeah, out. Yeah, because you're the one editing. If it was me, you wouldn't so, care. The second <laughs> half starts off with the Riders burning a timeout and 
on TV. It was the funniest thing with Tom Valesi and the, it was Glenn Suter and uh, Dustin Nielsen calling the game. They were talking. You can hear Tom Valesi, the ref in the background, timeout Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan has called a timeout. And I'm like, what, what's going on? And then all of a sudden F them. Whoa, hot Mike. You uh, definitely forgot something there, Tom. And um, he got fined for it. I mean, they had to fine him. It, if I hope it was, was a small dollar, amount. If that fine was more than a dollar, it was too much because that's an absolute joke. You're telling me that the players aren't saying anything? Look, the, ca- the players look right in the camera and do that, and they don't get fined. So I, I wonder if the fine was more the appearance of a bias than, than yeah. anything else. You so, can't time out Saskatchewan. F them. I mean – Funny. I don't think there's anybody who didn't think it was funny. Oh, it's it's, it's officially a heritage moment on Twitter. It, and it should be like I that that might be the most memorable moment at Mosaic Stadium this year. So I mean, kudos to Tom Valesi for that. No, I have heard that it was more so. It was you know in his ear was somebody from TSN in the production truck. Okay, we're back from commercial. Let's get this going. We got a you know a tight ship to run here. Let's get the second half underway and. He was like, well, the Riders didn't have enough players on the field, which is what we found out after the game with uh, with Coach Dickinson. And he had to burn a timeout. And he was actually saying that Tom Valesi was saying that to about the TSN guys. No, too bad. You guys can wait. F them. We'll go once the timeout's over. And then and they have their guys on the field. So that's what it kind of seems like it was. But the way that it happened looked like the bias against the riders was there and it was so funny and i'm here for it because that was that was the most entertaining part of the game for me i don't care what you say all officials hate the riders and you can tell every game because any game the riders lose is because the officials and that's the way it is definitely not the reason we won that game that's for except, sure yeah except they won this game because yeah. of the officials and a- <laughs> We got we got that pass interference penalty. We we got we got that makeup call on that uh, sneeze at the player that caused pass interference. Yeah, the uh, the old Tim Peel treatment we got uh, here in Saskatchewan. They're managing the game and got to make up a call and 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 just have the game going forward. So yeah, we're all for it. It helped clinch second place. So and we all know the real reason the riders were late coming out of the the locker room at halftime, right? Because. AC Leonard was the first one in to try and pee at the at the start of halftime. Everybody was stuck waiting. I don't have Boo. that Boo. <laughs> beside me. So, who this man? It's okay, you you can edit that in later. Yeah. Bottom line, Riders win that game. We had a lot of fun at the expense of a referee. It was a good day. It was a good day on Saturday. Now, of course, the Riders players nominees came out this week as well. We'll get to the most outstanding player in a bit because I'm probably going to have a debate I, with you guys. I, no, I don't think so. I think I'm probably I don't with think you, you on will. this one. <laughs> I, I think I'm with you on this one. All right. Well, let's start with the most outstanding defensive player, Lucez Purifoy. Now, I, I, I don't, don't hate it. I, I don't hate it. He's had a very good year. He's been very solid, probably been the best defensive back. Absolutely. And I would assume that the, the voters didn't want to put the votes on AC Leonard, who's actually been the best defensive player for the Riders because of his suspension, of course. I guarantee that's probably why. It's exactly what happened to Andrew Harris in 2019. 
And I agreed with it with Harris, and I'm going to agree with it on AC Leonard. You if can't reward a guy for for that kind of behavior. And if he, did, if he didn't get suspended, even if if he didn't get suspended, hands down, AC Leonard. Like the dude was a beast. But you have to take that in consideration. I'm sorry. But my problem with that is, though, is that nothing was ever proven with AC Leonard. There was no positive test ever done. So we're he was suspended basically on a technicality. And then we're doing this on hearsay of the fact that he just refused to get the piss test done. But unfortunately, a refusal is a fail. That's what it is. If you, it, No matter how you slice it, a refusal is a fail. Yeah, you go, you go out right now and go for a drive. You get pulled over and refuse to take a breathalyzer. You, you, you fail the DUI. Right? Whether you're drunk or not. Like I, yeah, I go stone sober and refuse it. And I get that, and I, I, I agree with that. But when I see people comparing that, I saw that happen today on social media. I'm like, guys, we're talking about football and taking a PED against a DUI? Come on. No, I, no, 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 but you're right about that. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's to- totally different realms. But the fact of the matter is he refused a, 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 a urine test. And because he did that, he got suspended for it. We don't we we do not know whether or not he would have passed or failed at that point. He got suspended for two games and then he also got suspended a third game for abusing an official. So even if he could do it after the fact, chances are he would have been clean anyway. So we don't know either way whether or not. Unfortunately, him not doing it is it's it sets bad precedent to make him your nominee when you have that hanging over him. Yes, Andrew Harris is slightly different because he did fail. And I will go to, the, go to my grave talking about how Andrew, Har- Andrew Harris f- failed the P- <laughs> P- test. But at the same time, unfortunately, AC Leonard gave people the ammunition to shoot him down on this one. That's on him. Even if you take away what he was potentially suspended for, I have a hard time rewarding a guy who took himself off the field for three games. That's where I have the issue. Not so much the failed piss test as we've said it's more the the fact that he with his actions took himself off the field for 20 percent of the sea over 20 percent of the season how can you be your most outstanding defensive player while missing three games because you did something dumb i mean i i think they got it right well i'm not like i'm saying i'm not saying lucius purifoy is a bad pick because he's been very very good this year but one guy that did uh, kind of surprise me was the most outstanding Canadian, Micah Tights, who uh, I don't think has been outstanding this year. He's been very good. He hasn't made any mistakes. But I, I think that was just the fact that they didn't want to give the Canadian and rookie to Kean Schaefer-Baker. I, I want to thank the writers coaching staff for listening to the Pivots podcast and following along on my campaign to make Micah Tights the most outstanding Canadian nominee. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't, I love this one. I was calling it early in the year. The guy was everywhere. He, he does not get the stats, the fancy stats that, uh, Keon Schaefer Baker gets, but he's been a hell of a player. C- could you make an, uh, could you make an argument for Schaefer Baker getting the nominee? Yes, you could, but, and maybe it's because they gave him the rookie, but it hasn't stopped them in the past to give a guy, uh, two uh, nominees at the same time. I, I think that's exactly what it feels like because there's another position that we skipped over where I think that a guy got a, a nomination because somebody else isn't getting two of them. 
I, I think that it, all things equal, no other nominations out there, Keon Schaefer-Baker has to be the nominee. But on the flip side, Micah Tights has been steady from game one. He has been, he, he stepped into, into some difficult shoes and hasn't looked out of place. And that's, now, that's very commendable. Now this to me though is, we're talking about outstanding players. Now I know no one on Edmonton or Ottawa is outstanding, but they still get the votes for it, right? But Micah Tights was solid. I were our expectations of him maybe lower than, and and he exceeded them. Maybe that's it, and he looked better than maybe he was. Not that's not a knock on him saying that he was bad because he definitely wasn't. But nothing stood out from him. He wasn't outstanding to me, and I just think that for a guy like Keen Schaefer Baker, he was outstanding. He was the Riders' entire offense for a good solid month and a half there. Yeah, but okay. Also, is it because of fancy stats? Because there are fancy stats, and then there's yep, and then right. there, there's lunch pail guys like Micah Tates. Unfortunately, linebackers aren't going to get the fancy stats unless they're on blit, a bunch of blitz schemes getting the sacks. I I think he did what was told, and he played above above what people expected. So I I have no problems with Micah Tights as the most outstanding Canadian. Is he going to be the nominee for the West on the way out? No, but I have no problem with the Riders making him their nominee like he's top 10 in tackles this year and that's and no one expected that coming from him i i can see what alex is getting at you you look at schaefer baker you look at some of his long plays where he's broken through six tackles and thrown guys aside those are plays you're going to remember next season or a few years down the road will we remember anything that micah tights has done this year probably not but we also won't really remember any glaring problems, any like huge missed plays. He's been steady. And to me, that is its own kind of outstanding. Now, is that where we're at is setting the bar? I don't want to say so low, but is that where we're at though? Is setting the bar at just like, oh, as long as you don't screw up, you're outstanding. Like really? No, that's not, I don't think that's what we're saying, but like, like I'm looking at his stats right now. Like he said, has he's three top, sacks. He has three sacks, and he's top. He's top ten in tackles, defensive tackles. And you look at the other guys on the list. You got Alwe. You got uh, Jordan Williams. You got Big Hill. You got Santos Knox. Like he's in good. He's in really good um company. Like he is one of the better, one of our better players on defense. And let's be honest, going into the season, did we expect anything even remotely close to that from, no. from him in that spot? No. Like, we, we, if we got serviceable, we probably would have been happy 40, 14 games later. And instead, we've gotten very good. And the, the, end- the, problem, the problem comes when you have to do one of these awards for every single team across the league. I don't, I don't like it. I don't think it makes sense because you're not going to have an outstanding guy at every spot on every roster. Like you said, Edmonton and Ottawa, outside of Deadmond in Ottawa, do they really have anybody that fits the bill in any position? Right? But they have to give, give a list forwards anyways. So, I mean, he, he won't fit the bill as a, as a league-wide award, but as the Saskatchewan nominee, it makes perfect sense. One that makes perfect sense, of course, offensive lineman Dan Clark. I think that one was pretty, uh, pretty obvious. Logan, <laughs> who else were they going to give it to? <laughs> Logan Furland has had a 
pretty solid season, all things considering. And even though wait. as a whole that that O line is terrible, but individually there's been a couple guys that have been pretty okay on that line. As a Logan Furland stand, I agree with you. But once again, though, if you weren't going to give him, then you can make an, uh, um, an, uh, an argument for rookie of the year for him too. But obviously, wasn't going to be better than Keon Shaver Baker. But no, yeah, Furland's good, but. Unfortunately, as much as we used to drag on Dan Clark, he has turned into one hell of an offensive lineman and is yep. the anchor, anchor of that line. There, yeah, you could have started the, the season and told uh, I could have told you exactly who was going to be our most outstanding uh, offensive lineman. And it, it's got to be friend of the show, Dan Clark. I mean, it just it makes perfect sense. One day we'll actually have to make him friend of the show and get him on here. Um, and uh, in our lifetime. Special teams <laughs> player, Brett Lothar. I don't think there's any... Uh, questions behind that that i mean it's it's him or paredes in the west you can make a great case for both of them but brad brad lother actually had the clip of the week for me basically come out and saying i'm the best kicker in the league and i'm asked to do things that not all other kickers are asked to do when you're when you're talking about you're putting a guy out there from 50 55 yards there's one person in the cfl i trust to make that kick every single time and it's brad lother anything under 40 is a gimme for him I just la- I just laugh at how much that twisted the Stampeder fans in knots when he said that. It's like it's He's a kicker. Wrong, I know, a I know. It's it's a it's a kicker. Like relax, guys. <laughs> but it's a confidence thing. I love that he has his confidence. And when you look at how bad kickers have been in the CFL and even in the NFL this year, the fact that Brett Lothar did not get an NFL shot is an absolute travesty. But but look at how they're like. They play hokey pokey with uh, Hiralahu and Mayor uh, Mayor <laughs> like Sergio was just sitting there. No one signed him until Winnipeg basically traded a bag of beans to get him off BC's list. Like it, I don't understand the NFL and what they do with their kickers, but I still stand by that the uh, Riders nominee for most outstanding special player should have been all the BC's kickers because it won them a couple games. <laughs> <laughs> you know what outside of a, a very small stretch uh kind of in the middle of the season that brett lothar's been money from day one hell since he signed here he's basically been money but you know where he won that award for me the the onside kick attempt where he sold his his body out for uh for a rider victory or an attempt at one doing three onside kicks in a row uh, and yelling them all probably should just win them the word there. Like, right? Go, go if away, you, Renee Paradis. If you get one, that's that's a bonus in the CFL. But to get three in a row in three different ways, that was that was solid. And of course, the big one, most outstanding player, Cody Fajardo. No, nope. this is where. I, <laughs> So no. You might as well just make it the quarterback award at this point because that's who they're giving it to no matter what. And Cody Fajardo has not been outstanding this year. This is, and I've heard people saying, well, if, look where they'd be without him. Well, that, now you're twisting things and you're making things into a most valuable player, not a most outstanding player. And to me, those are two very different things. And yeah, that, 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 that argument comes up every year because of the wording you can say that about every single quarterback where would this team be where would calgary be without Bo levi mitchell where would well bc or winnipeg would be still probably first place without zach Kalaros, but maybe not did you watch somebody other than sean mcguire they would have been okay 
Strap him on. You behind center might have been a better option than than Sean McGuire. That's a local flag football winning quarterback you're talking to right now. Winnipeg insert, been, insert Terrell Owens. That's my quarterback. Dot gift. Right Winnipeg would have been better with Lizzie McGuire instead of Sean McGuire. That that was <laughs> terrible. Let's get Lizzie McGuire on the show. Uh, um, Hilary Duff, sign me up. I'm there. Just Cody wasn't he wasn't outstanding to me at all all season long. This last game against Edmonton was the first time he threw for three touchdowns. He only threw for over 300 yards, what, twice this year? Like, just nothing about this offense, and Cody has been outstanding this year. So even just saying he's the best player on the team, I don't believe that to be true. I don't even know if I'd say he's the best player in offense this year for the team. I don't know who I'd say above him, but... I, I, stand, least... by, I stand by if AC Leonard did not get basically blown out himself out of these nominations he would have been both defensive and outstanding player you could have said jonathan woodard and i'd be like yeah you know what that actually makes sense because he's tied for the league lead in sacks with ac leonard is he the most valuable player on the team yes he is but again that's just your quarterback like who are you going to give it to unfortunately out on the obvious choice brett lother he has been outstanding and that's what i was saying before how we have another name up there who should be on there twice he, he has accounted for over half of our points. And I mean, you take away that first, that first half against BC and this last game against Edmonton. And I wouldn't even call this season good for Cody Fajardo. He would have less touchdowns than interceptions if he took those away. Like he's been, he's been adequate and he's what you need when you've got a good quality defense like we've got. We don't need to put up 40 points the way our defense has played the last month and a half but nothing about what he's done and lord knows we love cody fajardo but nothing he's done has been outstanding and then you add in the part where he basically called out his receiving core and i don't like this pick at all i uh, no, no i like i think cody's like slowly turning full heel that uh, sprinkles on the that uh, ticky tack pi like what is he doing <laughs> <laughs> you th- that it was not a sprinkles. Do not sprinkle that. And I mean, I mean, Jesus may have had his hand in that one because that never should have been called. <laughs> Jesus, take the flag. Like, what was that? <laughs> like, oh, I couldn't believe that. I'm like, did you just sprinkle that? <laughs> Fourteen touchdowns in thirteen games. Like, that's that's not outstanding to me. But without AC Leonard getting any votes, I don't know who else he would say. So I guess it has to be Cody Pajardo. But then, at this, like I said, you're just making it a quarterback award. And that's what it is. So congratulations, Zach Caleros, on your most outstanding player oh, yeah. of the year award. I think that one's pretty obvious. Yeah, that's, that's obvious. Well, that's the opening kickoff presented by Kathy Festion of Royal LePage Regina Realty. Our Church- Churchill Brewing Company odds and end zones this week was a story that came out here on Wednesday, and it's the CFL won't register the contract of the Argos and linebacker Nate Hawley due to their violence against women policy. Now, Nate Hawley had uh, a domestic violence charge, DV, back in, what was it, 2016? And he was found not guilty. Um, so that's why he was able to play. And he was the 2019 Rookie of the Year, got a shot in the NFL. And the Argos just signed him literally two weeks ago on November 3rd. So my question about this, though, is the timeline. Okay, well, 
this must be something new, not the 2016 thing coming back up again. Has to be something new, I'm assuming after 2019. If they knew about this, he was still signed two weeks ago. Why did we not hear anything for two weeks? Why wouldn't the league just right out of the blue say, or not out of the blue, but right then say, we're not honoring that contract? I, uh, there, there's a, a woman on Instagram who has an entire, what is it, 53 or 54 page story on specifically it's just about Nate Hawley and some of the stuff that he's been involved in. I'm not going to get into it on the show because it's obviously it's, it's uncorroborated at this point, but if some of the stuff that she's bringing up is true, the CFL made the right choice. Like there, there's talk of kidnapping, assault, uh, intimidation. There, there's a whole lot of stuff in this, uh, in this story, in this discussion that uh, is disgusting. And uh, no, I, I tweeted about it a little bit uh, just before we started recording, actually. I, I just just came across it about five minutes before we started, so I haven't had a chance to read through all of it. But uh, I, think, uh, I think the CFL made the right choice, especially if this is new information and not based off of his previous charges. And that's why I'm thinking, like, I, I think after the contract was signed, someone probably go, probably reached out to the league or the Argos and were like, uh, you might want to look at this. I don't, we don't have a need to have a player like that in this league. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. And if the league said they were going to take this stuff seriously, so it's good to see they're taking it seriously. Well, we, we saw that precedent set here in Saskatchewan with, um, Justin Cox a few years back, the CFL has made it very clear where they stand on on violence against women. And that is, it it just is not allowed. And I, I commend them for that. So they, they've, they've set the president, pre, president, they've set the precedent and seem to be continually following it. So, you know, we wondered about that with the first, the first couple and it's, it's continued over the years. So they're, uh, they're, they're making the right moves, at least. Yeah, there's a lot of things that we can uh, nitpick the CFL on. This is definitely not one of them. If they are dead serious about this, which it clearly appears that they are, that's a good thing, and I'd rather not see. I, I haven't seen the uh, that Instagram thread yet, um, but if any of that's remotely true, absolutely, CFL did the right thing, and most likely he had to complete a quarantine process anyway before heading to Toronto. So in that time, that's probably when they gathered more evidence and, and found out a bunch of things or whatever. So ultimately, it's the right decision and good on the CFL for doing it. All right. So one more week in the regular season here in the CFL. Bunch of meaningless games, potentially three, depending on what happens in the Ottawa-Montreal game. But let's talk about the Riders at Hamilton on Saturday afternoon. Cody Fajardo is going to sit out, which is 100% the right move. People are saying, no, you still have to play him half, uh, half to gel with the offense. He's had 13 games to gel with this team, and he still hasn't done it. One half is not going to all of a sudden make these guys superheroes going into the semifinal against Calgary. So sit him. His health is of the utmost importance to this team and their success going forward. So sit him. 
Isaac Harker is going to get the start. He's going to get what we are hearing is the majority of reps. But how much do you play Isaac Harker and how much do you play Paxton Lynch in this game? Give him Paxton Lynch gets four quarters. I want I to love see that. them all four. I would love that. I really would. Because they know they already know what they got in Harker. Let's see what we got in Lynch. If it doesn't matter anyway, put, put Lynch out there. I don't care. Now I, I know would, you still I, want to keep your, your backup a little bit would, sharp just in case. But like you said, I know what we're getting at Isaac Harker. It's nothing that excites me. Uh, to going to light it up. I think he'll be fine. It'll be a conservative type offense, uh, a dink and dunk offense, which he can operate and still, you know, move the ball and maybe throw a touchdown or two. But Paxton Lynch, he could with, <laughs> I mean, this is a first round NFL quarterback, even though John Elway reached for him. Um, he's still a first round NFL quarterback and he has that arm strength. He has that confidence to him. And I really want to see what he can do. I would say a Harker gets the first half and Paxton Lynch should get the second half. In reality, it's probably going to be Harker getting the first three and a half quarters, Paxton Lynch getting a couple drives just to kill the clock and hand the ball off in the fourth quarter. But I really want to see Paxton Lynch with this offense. The, the fact that a Broncos fan is this excited to see Paxton Lynch again gives me a lot of hope about what he might be able to bring to the CFL. I got to admit, when I went to training camp this year, he probably threw the best ball in camp. He also looked like, beside Mason Fine, it was bring your kid to work day, but that's beside the point. (laughs) This guy is huge. He's six foot seven. Six foot seven, and Fine is barely five eight. It's like, it's hilarious. No, like, Lynch Lynch is awesome. I I, I really want to see what he can do. I really want to see what he can do. Now, Hamilton might actually need this game for second place in the East. We're all assuming that Montreal is going to beat Ottawa on Friday night, which would put the pressure on Hamilton. Hamilton's going to play all their starters. They need to win this. What do you guys actually want to see out of this game from the Riders? Other than no injuries to any starters. That's all I got. Well, anybody, really. <laughs> that's, all, that's all I got, too. It's like, just make it through the game. You know, if, yeah. if, if, if a running back is coming at you and he puts his head down, just pull a – oh, God, I'm drawing a blank. Pull junior Murtile. Pull a Junior Murtile and lay out of the way. Just let him go. <laughs> just let him go. Like I, I don't care if we lose this game 60 to nothing. Just just come through here unhealthy. Just come through healthy and get ready to beat the living crap out of Calgary. I I just want to see some kind of offense. We're so we've been so used to these defensive battles all season long. I want to see a 43 to 40 game. I don't even care who wins. This game means nothing to us. I just want to see the, the CFL. I know and love that we really haven't gotten a good look at this year, just nonstop back and forth offense. And with the riders sitting half of their defense, what better game than to, to light up the scoreboard. Well, here's the problem though. If Harker or Paxton Lynch runs the offense better than Cody Bajardo, you know how terrible next week's going to be? I mean, we are in the media business, so that, that sounds kind of like a positive to me, to be honest. <laughs> like, people are going to be unbearable. I want to see them hang in the game. I don't expect them to win. I don't expect them to... I don't really know what to expect from the riders in this game. Just don't get blown out. Just hang in the game. Keep it a one or two possession game. If they can do that, to me, that's a win. And obviously, don't get anybody hurt. 
but just show that you can hang. That's all. Because you're going to go into a game against the Calgary Stampeders, who already beat you twice this year. At home as well, they beat you. So, And the one thing you got to look at, if, if you're a betting man, is Hamilton still not the favorite to come out of the, the East? If you had to put money down on a team to come out of that Eastern division, is, is Hamilton not the team you'd go with? I, would, I, I wouldn't sell my I house, know. but I... To me, they are still the the favorites. I know I know Toronto has uh, the the Eastern Final locked up, but they haven't really looked like world beaters at all this season. Whereas at least ha- Hamilton has shown something. And if you're Here's the Riders, Hamilton, have they? How Hamilton Hamilton is Jekyll and Hyde. Like you don't know which team you're getting. But but that's just it. They've at least had both sides of that. Whereas it doesn't feel like Toronto has hell. Last I checked, Toronto still had a negative point differential. But Toronto also beat Winnipeg early in the season. Uh, like there's, there, there's point, and you're, you're right. The Toronto, it wouldn't surprise me to see Toronto out of the out of the East. But uh, Hamilton, with everything to play for, a great cup at home. If you're the Riders and you can go in and embarrass them with your backups, you happen. know they're going to remember that great cup Sunday. Should we happen to get the uh, '89 or 2013 rematch? And that's going to be on their mind. They're, they, they will think of nothing else that week. And I'd love to see it. I don't expect to see it, but it'd be fun. I was going to say, you're getting a long ways ahead. I'd be hey. more worried about the Riders beating Calgary first before talking about Riders beating Hamilton in the Grey Cup. Yeah. Hey, I'm, I, I'm back to being the eternal optimist. I took, <laughs> I took a few months off, but we're, we're back. King Homer's here. Well, next week we'll talk a lot about this uh, – Western semifinal against the Stamps. Um, but this week, let's uh, finish off here with our CFL Pick'em for the week. We uh, obviously were doing this show after Toronto lost to Edmonton. So it's safe to say we were Edmonton, all on Edmonton. Yeah. We were all on Edmonton in this one. So we, we were one for one <laughs> what in that a one. Terrible game. I'm sorry. That was the world's worst. Like, take that film and just burn it. They may as well they say everyone was watching soccer that night because that game that was, was terrible. That was worse than a preseason game, and I hate preseason games. I was one of the 160,000 people that actually watched that game. Reason being was because I stream everything, and I don't have Sportsnet. I have TSN. I don't have Sportsnet, so I did not have the stream for the soccer game. I was more intrigued by the soccer game. I wanted to see the atmosphere and 50,000 people and how, you know, Mexico would play in the snow and minus 13 temperature. But I was, so I was paying attention to that on, on social and, and whatnot, but I had the football game in the background. It was admittedly in the background. I wasn't sitting there watching the whole thing play by play, but that was a bad game. And it, I when the best thing to come out of that game is McLeod Bethel Thompson's uh, uh, fashion choice, that tells that you how good the game was. It's awesome. That retro gear is phenomenal. I'm so glad they went back to that old logo because it just looks awesome. But anyway, they had six that with just over 6,300 people show up for that game in Toronto on a Tuesday night when the Leafs were playing at home and the entire country was paying attention to the soccer game. I actually think that was a pretty decent crowd. Yeah, that's not bad. That's honestly, for a Tuesday night game in Toronto, yeah, in, in November. A mean-nothing game where everybody's playing backups. Yeah. 
not to mention the fact that it was rescheduled. So it wasn't uh, the original oh, yeah. date planned either, right? So yeah, that, add, add that to the list. So I, I don't hate it. Yeah, saw people crapping on it. Well, less than 10,000 people, they should be embarrassed and blah, blah, blah. No, I think that was actually, given all the circumstances, that was pretty good. So good on the people that showed up there in Toronto. And if I learned anything this year, uh, BMO Field is impossible to get to. So people were probably just stuck in traffic. all right so our pick them here the first game ottawa at montreal on friday montreal needs to win this to uh, have a chance at second place in the east montreal is going to win no question yeah why am i even going to comment like like i'm going to say the red blacks are going to win Edmonton, I, heard, I heard the Red Blacks are going to win there. Well, it doesn't matter. You guys will vote me anyway. Say what you want. I know what I mean. Edmonton at BC in another game where uh, it's a whole bunch of backups playing. Uh, BC. Now, I, I'd like to point out I made this pick before Edmonton won their game on, on Tuesday. But I'm going Edmonton. Although now that they've won one, I, I wish I could change that. But I made my bed. I'll sleep in it. Edmonton. Well, the, good, the good news about them winning is that at least they know we know their culture is solid now. <laughs> I can't see them winning three games in six days is absolutely insane. And even though it's Nathan Rourke they're going up against, BC will win this game. Greg, I'm just wow. proud you could get one more culture joke in there before their season ended. Well done. I'm sure I'll get another in, in somewhere. Even if the season's ended, there's still be a culture joke. All, all we need is one more expansion team joke, and you you've kind of run the run it through the season. Uh, riders at Hamilton. 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 I, doesn't matter. I'm taking Saskatchewan. I'm going for my ten of four, baby. <laughs> I hope Hamilton wins, just so we don't have to listen to Greg go on and on about being right. He'd be worse than I am. The, the Greg's right shirts will be coming out. <laughs> and uh, They'll be outsold finally, by the Greg's of dope, but that's beside the point. And finally, Winnipeg at Calgary. Again, more backups in this one. It depends on how Sean McGuire plays, because if he plays the whole game, I'm taking Calgary. If he's only playing half a game, Winnipeg. I'm taking Calgary regardless, honestly. When you bet higher because their third stringer is in, that tells you everything you need to know about Sean McGuire after that first performance. Calgary. I guess that means I'm leaning Calgary then because I think McGuire will play the majority of the game. I mean, he'll try. He'll be there. Oof, was he bad last week? My goodness. He, and they were, still got a- they were high on him going into the season, and that's the performance that you put in with uh, – you still had your entire starting offense with you. I mean, they took out a couple of the, the linemen throughout the game, but all the receivers were there. That was a god-awful performance. And he's still got a better arm than Chris Strebler. <laughs> who, was, who got to an NFL game this week? Because <laughs> Colt McCoy got injured. And Chris Strebler, you are who I thought you were. <laughs> the new Taysom Hill. <laughs> well, that's... Uh, that's going to do it for us this week here on the Piffles Podcast. Next week, we're going to be previewing that Riders semifinal game against the Calgary Stampeders. And uh, I want to bring up a couple of my favorite playoff, specifically semifinal moments between the Riders and the Stamps next week. So we'll, we'll do that. But until then, you guys, again, happy birthday, Craig.
Thank you. Screw you, Greg. And, uh, and happy upcoming you. birthday, Steve. What's that? I said happy upcoming birthday. Oh, no, no, you already had his. Did it pass already? Yep. Yeah, you said happy oh. birthday. Yeah, his is before oh. mine. Yeah, I did, didn't I? Happy birthdays. Yeah, 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 yeah we're good. <laughs> all right, cool. Just want to make sure we're all good here. And Greg, Greg's the senile one, so. Yes, yes, I am. Well, I'm a man. I'm 40. One. Yeah, I knew that one. Piffles Podcast is brought to you by our great friends at Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. Special thanks as well to Kathy Festion of Royal LePage Regina Realty and Churchill Brewing Company for their support making this show possible. Piffles Podcast is a proud member of the CFPN, the Canadian Football Podcast Network, and a part of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. Uh, since I did the singing the last time we were here, Greg, it's your turn to get back into it. Ghost Behind Your Mind by Teller Gillard and Greg. I'm a man. I'm 40. <laughs> the ghost behind-